0: Let's hear the pricing strategy that sells more new cars. Jason Rice, it's always a good day when you're on my show. How are you, my friend?
1: Excellent. Thank you for the intro there. Um, (laughs) But doing good today. Beautiful day, wasn't that,
0: I love it. I love it. Now, this is funny because when we were talking about uh, describing this presentation and you said, yeah, you know, People could, dealerships could be selling more new cars if they just changed their pricing strategy. And I find it hard to believe. I, I can only imagine what the people out in dealership world are believing right now. So a lot of people have tuned in, and this is mm-hmm. not, I know you have, you have surprised the heck out of me the last two times you've been on the show, and just totally blew my mind. So I expect nothing short of the same today, my friend. Why don't you tell everyone the kinds of things we're going to be learning about? All
1: right, no problem. I've got the objectives here. And uh, one of the things, obviously, um, that I want to first bring up is, you know, I'm not here to pitch or promote any products at all uh, or services, but I am going to go over and, you know, I'm going to give some screenshots and go over some information from, you know, some of the vendors that we do deal with, with when we deal with our company or with our clients but also you know, some of the things that we go over with our clients. And again, it's not here for a pitch because what I'm going to give you, this information you're going to do. you can turn around and do it today at your store without and adding any other expenses. So it's just another way to look at things, but obviously I have to have some information to provide that, so just keep that in mind. But I want you to be able to come out of this thing with some objectives of you know knowing what your customers know. And not necessarily, I mean that's a generic kind of term there, but really how are they shopping? What are they doing online looking at your inventory and act like that consumer and know what they're knowing and seeing what they're seeing. Um, and understand, um, nowadays with listing sites like AutoTraderCars.com, CarGurus that'll list your inventory, new car shopping like used car shopping. Um, there is a big, and one of the things i got to catch myself is don't get too forward in my presentation before I get there, but you know a lot of times dealers do um, just get third party lead providers and customers build up cars. And then submit a lead on, hey, I want a black limited or Lariat XLT F150 crew cab, this, this, and this, and submit it, and it goes to three dealers, and you try to find the best match. But there's actually listing sites out there that you can list your inventory, people can shop your inventory, and that's kind of what we're going to go over. And they do it the same way they do used. And then I want dealers to get off of this set it and forget it strategy. And I'll go deeper into that again. I don't want to give too forward, uh, go forward too much on it. And obviously, the rest of the time we're going to do go over that giveaway and, and questions and. And questions and answers. So, speaking of questions and answers, I think that it starts us with the first poll question.
0: Ooh, thank you, Jason. All right, audience, we got three poll questions for you today. The first one is on your screen now. We'd love it if you get involved in our poll questions. It also helps us find out what's happening all over uh, the auto industry. So, the first poll question is on your screen. Where do you currently market and generate leads for your new cars. Please select all of the answers that apply. So if more than one answer applies, yeah, hit them all, okay? So do you mainly just use your website and your OEM and you rely on just your website and your OEM for marketing and generating leads for your cars? Do you also do third-party listing sites like Cars.com, AutoTrader, and CarGurus? How about other listing sites like Edmunds, Kelly Blue Book, and Car and Driver? Do you rely on leads from sites like Autobytel, Delix, and TrueCar, Or do you like traditional advertising like TV, radio, and newspaper? Once we get a majority of the votes in, we're going to close the poll and share the results. Wow, you guys are fast. There is a lot of people voting on this right now. Awesome. Man, Jason, you have a very, very quick audience. Let me tell you, we have a lot of people voting. Um, remember, you don't have to pick just one Pick as many as apply. We want to know where you are currently marketing and generating leads for your new cars. Votes are still coming in, so I'll just read the question real quick. Um, Do you get, are you generating leads for your new cars mainly just from your website and your OEM? Third-party listing sites like Cars.com, AutoTrader, and CarGurus. Other listing sites like Edmunds, Kelly Blue Book, and Car and Driver. Do you rely on leads from sites like Autobytel, Delix, and TrueCar, Or is it traditional advertising like TV, radio, and newspaper that gets your attention? All right, Jason, if you're ready, I will close this poll and share the results. I am. Let's, Let's go. do it. Okay, Ooh, 74% of today's audience, so about three quarters, said they mainly mm-hmm. rely on their website and OEM. But the majority, eighty. Oh. Eight percent of today's audience, 88% said third-party listing sites like Cars.com, AutoTrader, and CarGurus helps them market and generate leads for their new cars. 47% right. of today's audience said other listing sites like Edmunds, Kelly Blue Book, and Car and Driver. 32% said that they rely on leads from sites like AutoBytel, Delix, and TrueCar. And 62% of today's audience say they still do traditional advertising like TV, radio, and newspaper. Does that help you
1: out? Yes, yes, greatly. Um, because again, that just shows that we do have a lot of people using these third-party sites. We also have a good chunk of dealers that do rely on advertising traditional, which again isn't a bad thing. I think you got to reach um, everybody, but that really goes to um, where I wanted to lead to, and. You know, I think, and this is going to sound bad when I, when I show this here, um, you know, are new cars an afterthought? Now, any franchise dealers, are you kidding me? I mean, the, the Ford's on it or whatever's on the front of my building, we're, we are a franchise dealership. But what I mean by afterthought, I'm talking about when it comes to marketing online. Now, you could take this challenge. I did it myself. Go into your markets, and I went to sites like Autotrader and Cars.com, and I'd start looking at new car listings. And I would say but good half of them that I, uh, 50% of the listings I look at seem like it is a, an afterthought when it comes to online marketing. So some of the things that I noticed, you know, and, and what you got to think about to really kind of put this new car first, that you know here's an item that costs more than used cars, but they're definitely a lot less marketed online. Um, if you really look at dealers used car listings versus their new car listings, I think they put a lot of focus and energy in used cars, which is a good thing. But new cars, you know, here's a, a ticket item that costs 10, 20, 30, 40 grand more than the used one, and we're not really promoting them as much as we could. Um, think about it too, these cars have newer and more features than a lot of the used ones. That's why they got new models every year. There's new features. Um, but usually they're not photoed or put in a description. These new uh, items that customers might be appealed to toward on these later models. And then on top of it, you know, they have incentives that use don't, and they're typically not even mentioned. Sometimes they're taken off the MSRP price. So they've got rebates, they've got low rates, they've got lease specials on cars that you can't get typically on a used, and I say typically because you can lease a used and have some good rates on used, but you don't have rebates and stuff on used, but a lot of times we're not promoting that information. So hear me out, and you know, again, I'll show you some screenshots to defend what I'm, I'm talking about here. You know, this is a screenshot from cars.com. You can see here um, almost a $50,000 Lexus just listed at MSRP. No sale price or anything. Same thing with the Lariat below. Nothing information about a discount price or rebates or anything like that. And to top that off, we got the car right in the middle. No photos. So, you know, just a quick snapshot of a search. You know, have no sale prices. I Have no discounted. Even there's got to be a rebate on that F-150. At least have MSRP minus rebate. And then again we have no photos. Another, uh, just couple examples here. You know, look at this $54,000 lariat truck. One, We got stock photos and if you look to the right the comments really don't even describe that car very well. Uh, we also sit there and have three grand cash back and again it's not taken off our sale price. We could see 54,125 and right below it MSRP, 54,125 will at least take the three grand off and have it 51 125. And again, no photos, no descriptions. Now here's one that has a little bit better attempt down here. Um, obviously the personalized comments, but nothing about the car. There's nine photos, and if you notice, this is a 2016 all-wheel drive premium, so we only have nine photos. You know this thing's probably loaded up. Nothing in the comments and with only nine photos. I'm sure we're really not displaying that car properly to give it a, its full value at $54,000. right? But yet yeah, that's what we want to put out there. Again, these are just quick snapshots of what's out there. And that's why I say, is it, a, is it an afterthought? And again, I know we're franchise, We could bleed blue if we're a Ford store. But when it comes to new car marketing, we got to get and stand out to the crowd. we got to pop. <laughs> and we uh, got to get our virtual lot pop. That's where our lot pop came from, is your virtual lot pop. And you need to stand out. So why is this important? Let's go back into where we're advertising and where we're spending our money. This might kind of deviate a little bit off of, you know, where you might think I'm going with this, but AIU, right there, a majority of AIU's automotive internet users visit at least one manufacturer brand website when shopping for a vehicle, obviously a new car. And nearly 80% of those people will visit a third-party site, okay, this is from a, a JD Power press release. So we know they're out there shopping on these third-party sites, okay. So if we're spending money on these sites, we've got to maximize. Our exposure. We got to maximize our cars. Okay. Here's another. So here, that's one set. We got 80% of shoppers. They're visiting these sites. Let's stand tall. Another now reasoning. Meaning in today's market, today till the end of the year, pretty much, it's an election year. Okay. A lot of times we have insecurities, and 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 people kind of stop buying sometimes because they're insecure where the country's going, how the economy is going to end up when it's election year. Now. Once that decision's made, it sales kind of peak because then they get more secure what's going on, but it slows down ads and sales. So here's some stats behind that. One, this is a big reason why you got to get better online due to the election year because the election year is going to take away ad space. You said 60 plus percent, 62 or 63 percent still use radio, TV. Well, the election year, you know, they're going to take that ad space away. This is. Uh, information from I think Wall Street Journal just in March here. During pre-election peaks when political ads make up more than a quarter of all commercials, auto ads take a steeper hit appearing 50% less frequently during these times. So um, the, the, <laughs> the elections, these politicians, the Republican National Convention, all the Democrats are going to buy all these ad spaces. And here's another one just for local. Of um, The number of car ads that ran a local broadcast station, this was 2012, um, in Cleveland, for example, fell 16% from the month the year earlier to 4,500. The number of political ads soared to more 27,000 a month. And this is, again, off of Crane's uh, Detroit Business, in March article. This is a March article, but based on 2012 elections. Such ad losses may have slowed down the rise of new car sales, they averaged by 1% in September, 1.5% in October. Hmm. So if you think about it. Sixty percent of you rely on this radio, TV. You're going to have less space, or it's going to cost you more, more money to do it. So the only other way you're going to be able to promote these new cars is to be right online. Now, don't just be right online during election season. write it out from there because you have eighty percent of the shoppers are going to be there looking at this inventory.
0: How much is how so, much is one and a half percent translator? one percent? Or I mean, if we're talking over a few months, I guess it would be like three percent. Well. I, it doesn't sound uh, like a lot. If you
1: think lot. about it, I think, um, well, if you put it in perspective from the nation, I think 17 million plus new cars sold, that's over a million to a million and a half car, new cars a month. If you take one percent, one and a half percent, that's hundreds of thousands of cars that uh, slow down in that month, hmm. okay? So um, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, there are thousands and hundreds of thousands of cars being sold in each state and stuff to get to those type of numbers. So it is, right. a, it, it is a hit. It's definitely not going to be up, you know, and it is going to be a struggle, and it's going to cost you more money if you are going to be on those advertising then. Yeah. So um, again, that's off of Detroit Business. That's March 8, 2016. So um, again, this is where we got to get better online marketing due just alone. If you want to put us in perspective of what's going on right now, election bunch years happening this ad space is going to get tighter and tighter to the end of the year so you got to get good this year. Um, that leads us to another poll question.
0: Yes it does. Alright audience, your second poll question is on the screen now. We'd love to know what you have to say about this. Now Jason wants to know what pricing structure do you currently use to advertise your new car? So hopefully one of these kind of fits into what you're doing at the dealership, okay? So please try and select one of these options. Do you use MSRP with no adjustments? Do you use MSRP with incremental adjustments as the car is aging on your lot? Do you use MSRP minus rebates? How about invoice minus rebates? Or do you make an individual make model pricing? For example, uh, hey, buy this Tahoe, it's $200 above invoice. All right, so once we get a majority of votes in, we're going to close the poll and share the results and woo wowza! these votes are coming in fast too I love it nice.
1: by Pay the
0: attention. way um, by the way I just I did want to let you guys know previous webinars that he's done uh, he really did blow my mind like literally when you hear the webinar you'll be you'll hear me go what so I'm not kidding. Go and check out Jason Rice's previous Dealer On webinars. You can find them at dealeron.com/webinar click on the link for, on the right hand side for on demand webinars. Did you miss a webinar? Seriously, well worth it. What what did you do it on last time, Jason? You did it on oh uh, used car. And I think
1: that I, I think it's to increase. Uh, your used car exposure by up to 500%, I think that was online marketing, or I did one on five, increasing exposure 500% on yeah. used car marketing, the other one was the five uh, processes um, to improve used car operations. Oh. Again, the five things that focus on, if you can just focus on these five things, yes. they'll turn your inventory
0: around. Yeah, now both of them were on used car operations, today we're doing new car, mm-hmm. and almost everyone yep. has voted, audience, you are awesome today. Um, Jason, if you're ready, I will close this poll. Yep. All right, let's do it. Thank you so much, audience. Ew, here we go. Okay, only 3% of today's audience said that they use the MSRP with no price adjustments whatsoever. 18% of today's audience say they use the MSRP with incremental adjustments as the car is aging on the lot. The majority of today's audience voted of them MSRP minus rebates, so nearly a third of today's audience use the MSRP minus the rebates. Now about a quarter, 24% of today's audience say they use invoice minus rebates, and then 26% of today's audience say that they do individual make model pricing, like the Tahoe is $200 above invoice. Jason, is this what you were expecting? Is there a right or wrong answer to this? Are we going to get into this deeper? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised it seems to be um, evenly distributed, most of them in the 20% ranges. Yes. Um, me, myself, uh, I would I would price at my sale prices like I would in a newspaper or anything else. Obviously, you have some ad leaders and you have some others that, you know, even color can make a difference. I deal with Toyota stores a lot, you know, the Blizzard Pearl is like a hot product, so we're not going to price the Blizzard Pearl as cheap as a tan one. but um, you know, I I think you're going to have, and then there's some places like it and stuff that won't allow you to price under invoice, other than you know minus rebates and stuff, and there's other places that can. So I got Chrysler Dodge Jeep stores that'll price five hundred or a grand under invoice, and some don't allow you to. So um, it, it's there's no structure, but I would at least have some kind of sale prices out there, um, but. Let me, oh, do you, I have control here with the power? Yes,
0: but what you're saying is they should have some kind of structure that they kind of keep to? We just have to discover sure, yeah. what that I mean, structure is. Me, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, me personally, I wouldn't have MSRP out there or, or MSRP minus rebates. I would have, again, what I would have on sale prices. I would have that displayed out there. Um, the, you know, that's a big debate, you know. Some, some dealerships don't want to... Uh, to give out sale prices because then the guy down the street is just going to beat it anyways and things like that. But I, I'm of the belief, and, and we've had stats that we've been successful of this belief, is um, if I don't put a price out there, if they're going to go to the competitor, they're probably going there either way. If I don't get a, put a price out there, they're going to the competitor. If I do, they're going to go to the competitor and the competitor has to beat it. My mindset on that, too, is most dealerships Close only 30% of their opportunities are floor ups. You know, of all the customers coming into the door, they're closing about 30, 40%. Now that means if they take my price, go to my competitor, I got a 70% chance that they'll leave because they only close 30%. So I got a high probability that maybe they go in there and don't like the, their trade valuation. Maybe they go in there and they can't match the price or don't have the right equipment or the right car. Maybe they don't like their salesperson. I got good odds that okay, take the price to the competitor. If they do do compete, they're going to have to take a hit and 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 sell your car pretty aggressively, one, right. or two, more likely statistically, I got better odds that they'll go, eh, okay, that's a. am glad and maybe give me that shot. So once they leave that dealer, I think they're going to come to me. And so I, I'm always pro on internet processes, giving a sale price, and then, two, advertising it out there. Um, don't be afraid of giving a customer a good deal and showing it. And then and if the guy down the street wants to beat up on price, you know, we're going to have to figure out ways around it. And I'll show, I'm going to show you ways to figure out what cars and why to, if you want to get more aggressive on this pricing. But definitely, and again, I'm not here to say this is exactly what you want to do as far as invoice plus 200 and minus. Every car is going to be different. Every manufacturer is going to be different. But we got to be consistent and we got to have, use, maximize all the information that you have out there. Again, we've seen some with MSRP and no rebate's taken off and we know there's rebates. At least do that. You know, Let the customer know that it's just not sticker of price. Also some markets, if the other guys down the street's not doing it then why should I? If the other guy's not sharing a price then why should I? I got a Lexus store, no, an Infinity store, that's doing that right now. A lot of Infinity stores that he's competing against just have MSRP out there. Where the mindset going, you know what, I'm going to put a sale price out there and I'm going to drive, and guess what? They're going to either have to step up to the plate. I'll be that different guy and the other dealers, hopefully I start grabbing business, and the other dealers are going to have to chase me now. And that would be my mindset. So, um, but anyways, what I want dealers to get off of is the set-it-forget-it strategy. Either way you do it. Either way you do it, you're going to have to get off of just doing MSRP minus rebates or just get off of 200 over invoice and just put a price out there. And let me show you why. Um well, one, obviously dealers will use their website inventory management tool, uh, some kind of syndication tool like a dealer specialties or something like that, tools like a V-Auto to set up a pricing strategy, and like we just went over, like invoice minus rebate or particular car 200 over invoice minus rebate. And that's all fine and dandy. We need to do that. okay? But <clears throat> let me ask you this. Let's say you have a strategy invoice minus rebates. A lot of dealers have that on different. Let's just say it's MSRP minus rebate. Change the verbiage out either way. Invoice minus rebate of forty-two fifty. So let's take a car. It's forty-four three minus the forty-two fifty in rebates. That'll give you an advertised price of forty thousand fifty. So I'm going to dabble a little bit into my last webinar about increasing exposure five hundred percent. So why is that an issue? Well, take this screenshot for cars.com, for example, somebody can go to cars.com right off the homepage and do a search for a Lincoln MKX or a Ford F-150 and say, I don't want to spend more than $40,000. Again, if they don't do it there, when they get to the listing page on the left rail, they have the ability to type in whatever price they want. Okay, So they can type in, I don't want to spend more than $40,000. Auto trader, same thing, right off the bat. Customer can choose a pricing bucket. could be forty thousand dollars, could be twenty-two thousand dollars. And if they don't do it off the home page right on the left rail, again they have that opportunity to do that. Hey, and just a coincidence, again, MSRP, super crew, no comments, thumbnail. So here's an example. Again, here's MSRP at 50,715. They might have done Forty two fifteen rebate, so the price is forty thousand five or forty thousand fifty. The car below it, forty thousand fifty one, forty thousand sixty nine. Again, why is that an issue? Again, auto trader let me edu- go back to customers can say an auto trader, I want a truck, but I don't want to spend more than forty thousand dollars. Guess what doesn't show up in their search?
0: The these one that's only fifty dollars
1: more. <laughs> yeah, so it's great to do invoice minus rebates, but then once it sets that up, I got to go in there and restructure my pricing the way customers are shopping. So Auto Trader, for an example, let me give you these breakdowns. Auto Trader has thousand dollar buckets to twenty grand. That means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up to twenty grand. After twenty grand, they do two thousand dollar buckets to thirty. So 22, 24, 26, 28, 30. After 30, they go $5,000 increments. Now, we're going to give you this presentation. You'll have this breakdown. But you've got to understand, again, what, how the customers shop and how they're going to maybe narrow down their search results. Cars.com, they can type in whatever the heck they want. 36,000, 37, 43. You don't know. 30 is a very popular number. But they might have got a pre-approval from the bank for 43000 so they might search 43000 Or they might get a pre-approval for 40000 and they might search forty up to forty-one, thinking they can negotiate down. You don't know what they're going to type in, but it's going to end in 000 either way. Now, I in car gurus. Car gurus, when it comes to new cars, doesn't allow you to have bucket pricing changes, or they can change or pick buckets, but on used, they do. So I'm just throwing this in as an addit because you want to do the same thing on used. They have thousand dollar increments to ten grand, and then two grand increments after ten. So fourteen thousand price point works on car CarGurus. Sixteen does. If somebody says car gurus, I want a car but don't want to spend more than sixteen, it's going to work on that site. But after thirty thousand, it's five five grand buckets. So again, once you know how the customers are shopping on these sites, I'm going to show you some examples of what kind of results you can get. But again, think about it. I could do rebate invoice minus rebates end up at forty thousand and fifty dollars, and I'm going to move lose a ton of searches for that customer that might look thirty five to forty grand because of the fifty dollars. We got to reset the pricing structures. Okay, so to prove my point on how this can work out, once you flip your inventory over to pricing a car like the consumers are going to shop. You're going to see a big jump in SRPs and VDPs. This is an example of a new car dealer that we flipped the way they looked at their pricing structure on new cars. They no longer said 200 over invoice minus rebate, or even MSRP minus rebates. We flipped it. We looked at cars. We didn't do it to every car. I mean, we flatted every car, but every car. It, we're not just moving it to hit 40 grand and 45. And you know, um, again, if it invoice minus rebate is 47,292, I might just round it down to 47. That's not going to give me a spike. But those cars that ended up in those buckets that I showed you, the ones, that buckets that AutoTrader has, that Cars.com has, mm-hmm. any car that ended at invoice minus rebate at 35,272, we're going to take the 272 off probably and get that 35 grand bucket. And these are the type of the results you see when you do that stuff. Okay. This is um, 14,000 SRPs per car, jumped up to 33,000 SRPs, more than doubled. The VDPs, again, we had a peak up here to 600, but 161 to 371. We're doubling and tripling the amount of exposures our cars are getting by doing this. I'll give you an example on individual cars. The yellow line, this is a screenshot out of the auto. The auto does uh, um, a merchandising tool will show you SRP and VDP activity on your cars. So the yellow line is price changes. Notice all these dips in prices. It, the black line is a five-day average of searches. You have some peaks in value. They all stay consistent until we hit this $35,000 bucket, and boom, it shoots up. Car gets more exposure. Again, invoice minus rebate might have ended up at $35,200. I take the $200 off. I hit the $35,000 bucket my exposure jumps. Uh, here's another example of a car at $25,000. You go from down here less than 10 searches per day to over 30, triple the amount of exposure that vehicle has. So by adjusting this, this is just scratching the surface, but by what I call flat pricing the cars we we'll get you more exposure. Here's what it can do to sale rates, too. Now again, this dealer got aggressive with this pricing. He prices very aggressively, but we get off the invoice minus rebate or 200 under. These are stats. And again, I'm going to just, auto has what they call conquest tool, which is a new car pricing tool. Make a look at how many cars are in the market, how many new and used, and how many sold in a day supply. They can also look at how many cars a dealer's carrying and how many they're selling. So all I'm doing. Here is I grab that data and I trend it out, and we look at a sale rate. So if he had 90 in stock and only sold 15, he's at like a 15% sale rate. As we get more aggressive with our pricing, as we round down our flat pricing, as we get those spikes on that inventory of the cars, our sale rate goes up, and we able to jump up to 45, 50% sale rate, and our inventory is selling more cars. Now, you could say, well, maybe that's just the market. Maybe rebates or incentives got good. Well, again, in the auto, it will show me how many were in the market and how many sold. So I create a market sale rate. And you can see at the same time and period, our sale rate went up, the market sale rate went down, and the market sale rate's less than 25%, and we're in the 40% now. So the market on these particular makes and models sold less. As inventory was coming in, we are able to sell more by using these best practices. Again, some, some I'm going to go over here. Okay. So let me show you this. Once you know how customers are shopping, you start pricing new cars at that flat price strategy, um, you need to consistently change those prices as incentives change or as your market changes. So again, I might be able to strategically take a car from 35 to 89, put it down to 35,000, get all that exposure. But if the rebates change and they lose 250 bucks or they gain 250 bucks two weeks from now, I got to know that, and then I got to make a decision: do I take the 250 off or add the 250 back in to, to get the added exposure? I've had rebates. Go up 250 bucks. So now my 35 grand goes down to 29,750, or I'm sorry, 34,750, <laughs> and we've rounded that back up to 35,000 to get the exposure. Okay. Now again, I, I I did a whole webinar on flat pricing to give a deeper dive onto it, so you could check that one out. But just understand that concept. And now you get off the set it and forget it strategy. And you're going to have to make pricing decisions more often, okay, and off the market and to maximize exposure. So let me, so we talked about maximizing exposure, but let's talk about the market. So again, I have little screenshots here of a report that I do, I you know, I dump the inventory to an Excel spreadsheet. And um, the, I'm sorry, hold on, I'm going to minimize this down. The, you can see here, if you see my cursor, I'm actually going to bring the little pin here. The price of this vehicle right now as it says, MSRP is here, the price is at 26.5, okay? Now, again, to me that's making a decision of do I want to make an adjustment on the price of this vehicle. Well, one of the other things I can see is, like mine, that's the day supply, that is out of the auto again. It tells me, and you might have other new car pricing tools that give you the same information. Again, I'm not here to promote the auto, it's just what the data we pull from. The day supply of 133 day supply, that means it's a pretty slow moving vehicle. The other thing I can see here is the competitive set size. There's 160 of these things that I'm going up against in the market. So it's a very high volume type car. So should I change the price of this car? Now on flat pricing, yes, but let's look at the market data. So again, go back to flat pricing, remember AutoTrader? They have two grand buckets after 20 grand. So 26,000 is a bucket that somebody might say, hey, I want a truck or a car, but I don't want to spend more than 26 grand. Going back to the screen, dropping the 500, I can get that exposure. But should I do it? I'm already priced pretty aggressive. I'm already 91% of the MSRP price. I'm already 9% below the average MSRP price. <clears throat> I say change it just to hit the bucket, but again, I want to get a deeper dive into the market. So hear me out here. This is just my weird mind always thinking outside the box and taking data that's out there and available and, and looking at it to make decisions. Okay. So again, one of the things that the auto provides is I can see the market stock, how many cars are in the market. Every week we grab that data. And look at that blue line. The market is getting flooded with this particular vehicle. This is a Colorado. More are coming into the market. Okay. The other thing is I could see the market sale rate has dropped off. And there's more coming in and less being sold. So that increases the market day supply. It's shooting up. The market is slowing down on this particular vehicle. If I'm at 26.5, knowing there's 160 to compete against, knowing that the market is slowing down, I'm not just going to drop the price from 26.5 to 26 to get more market exposure. I'm going to do it to get more aggressive because I can see the market slowing down. Does that make sense? So. As I can watch these trends, the market's telling me I need to drop the price, not just to get it to a flat price. Here's another example of again some of the data that we're pulling and we're looking at. Again, I'm not pushing what we do here. I just want you to understand the dynamics of why you need to focus more and not have new cars as a second thought, you know, as, as as a not focus on it like you do use. So again, look at Over to the right is more market data, and over to the left is the dealer data on 2016 Sierra 1500s. The market is, there's more and more coming into the market, okay? The sale rate has increased since March. We can see the sale rate is increasing in the market. In the meantime, my dealer's sale rate is dropping off. So what that would tell me is, we're behind the market. I can see the dealer day supply is creeping up. Everybody else is selling these things and I'm not. So guess what cars we're going to focus on to adjust pricing? And guess what cars I'm going to try to find that I can move the price and hit a big bucket if I can afford to. Big bucket meaning 35 grand, 40 grand, 28 grand, those type of buckets. Okay. Now, here's the strategy in practice. Here's what happened with 2016 escapes. The dealer's inventory, the average age, was building up. They were slowing, uh, you know, the cars that were on his lot were slow, uh, the, age, the older cars stuck around, okay, and we were selling some. But our sales dropped off, okay? Again, because we're looking at this data, we, under, we, we knew that. And you'll know that just being on your lot, being, man, all of a sudden we're not selling the escapes. You know that internally, just watch what's going on on your lot. But if we look also at what's going on in the market, the market's selling. So, the dealer's day supply shot up. He's gotten less sale rate. He has the same amount of inventory as day supply shoots up. We see that. We go attack the escapes. we We make adjustments and and get more competitive and again, try to hit buckets to get more exposure if we can. And by doing that, our sale rate jumps back up again, and we bring our dealer our day supply back down. Our inventory starts moving again. okay? So, Again, this is a deeper dive, but the uh, only reason why I'm exposing you to this is you can't just do a set it and forget it. Invoice minus rebates, there. You've got to know what's going on in your market, know where you can make adjustments to get more exposure, and then catch waves of slowdown and speed ups in the market and in your inventory. The data's out there to do it. Uh, and you can maybe pull this from the OEM data, you can pull it from your CRM data maybe, and see these trends without using the auto, what we're doing. So again, this is stuff you can be looking at, but you got to be looking at it. And no, you can't just get away with a it, set-it and forget it and have new cars as a second thought. Okay. This leads into another poll question.
0: Oh, I like it. And by the way, we're getting some really, really, really great questions that are coming in from the audience. So audience, if you haven't gotten in your questions yet for today's Dealer on Webinar presenter, Jason Rice, get them in. We are looking forward to some really great discussions during the Q&A session today. All right, last poll question is on your screen now. We'd love to hear what's happening in your dealership when it comes to your vehicle descriptions. So here's the question. When it comes to vehicle descriptions, on each new car in your inventory, how do you handle it? Please select one of the following answers. Here we go. We make custom descriptions up for each car in our inventory. We use the description provided by the manufacturer. We just use the window sticker data. It's a new car, it doesn't really need a description, or I have no idea. Once we get a majority of the votes in, we're going to close the poll and share the results. And, yeah, think of some great questions for Jason Rice, especially when it comes to um, uh, your pricing strategy. Let's see if we can – I mean, I'd like to see you try to stump Jason Rice. He's pretty good on this subject, though. (laughs) All right. Um, Votes are still coming in. What did you say? Pressure?
1: (laughs) I said, yeah, the pressure's on, yeah i yeah, plenty of
0: time. the questions that have been coming in are really really good um, awesome. um okay celeste wrote in i need a new choice we use v auto's description writer ah huh, thank you so much for that celeste you're right we only can give five answers so
1: <laughs> then we have like automatic we generate or, or automatically generate or anything like that or create uh, custom we make custom descriptions
0: that. up for uh, each car in our inventory so i guess you can select that one okay celeste you do
1: that in v auto yeah i mean I know they do a automatic generate, but at least you go touch your car and and automatically generate something on it as somewhat of a cost.
0: Okay. Right, right.
1: So I would, I would select that one. All
0: right. And I think right now maybe some people are actually going and checking how they do the vehicle descriptions. Maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Slow down, and, oh, I lost them. Yeah.
0: They're coming back. They're coming back. Okay. So when it comes to your vehicle descriptions, what do you do? You make custom descriptions up for each new car in your inventory. You use descriptions provided by the manufacturer. You use the window sticker data. It's a new car. The OEM does all that. We don't need different descriptions. (laughs) Or I have no idea what's going on when it comes to new car descriptions. Okay. um, I'm going to close this poll if you're ready, Jason. I am. All right. This is very interesting. Here we go. 68% of today's audience said they make custom descriptions up for each of their car in their inventory. 68%! Nice. Nice.
1: That's good.
0: 18, huge. Yeah, huge. 18% said that they use the description provided by the manufacturer. Only 11% said that they use the Windows sticker data. And the remaining 4%? Please, it doesn't need a description. <laughs> and no one, right. no one answered, I have no idea. But there you go. Real quick, Tony asks, is there any chance that we'll be able to access a recorded version of today's webinar? Absolutely, Tony. Thank you for asking. We're going to be sending you out that link in a few hours after this webinar closes. Or you can check it out at dealeron.com slash webinar. And just click on the link on the right-hand side for on-demand webinars. Jason, back to you.
1: It's great to know you guys are at 60 percent uh, customized uh, descriptions. And again, some of this I'm going to go over it, it was a little bit mentioned in the used car maximizing exposure on cars by 500%. It's in there. I'm going to scratch the surface because, again, you got it. People are shopping new like used and I've got to cover what that was. And so this is some ideas, again, how to maximize your new car listings on these third-party sites. Now. A lot of times, again, somebody goes to an OEM site like a Toyota or Ford. A customer can build out a car, find a dealer to submit that to. They might be able to look at the dealer's inventory and have photos, but no pricing is usually MSRP. I'm talking about third-party sites, so they because OEMs won't have your comments typically. So, one is do your virtual lot walk, meaning you want to go touch all your cars that are listed online and make sure they're standing tall. I would do 20 plus photos a new. I mean, we do it on used typically, so why wouldn't we do it on new? And again, these cars have more features, newer features that used have, so it should be able to get more exposure on these things to justify why it's 20 grand more than a used one. Um, again, photo all your options and equipment. If you got nav, photo it. If you got roof, photo it. If you've got heated seats, photo it. Have and then have those goodies, those big selling points: second row captains, third row, moonroof, nav. Have those in your first 10 picks. Again, have your thumbnail of the outside of the car, but then. Do kind of what I, I promote as kind of a walk around. Have that driver door open, Send them behind the steering wheel shot, show them the nav, show them the roof, pull them to, to the back, show them the second row, of the trunk, and so forth. But And I'll give you some examples here. Also, have your comments match the equipment in your photos. Don't have a photo of a sunroof and don't have it in your comments or vice versa. You know, Don't put that it has a sunroof in your comments and not have a picture of it. And again, when they only have nine photos of a new car, you're going to have very You should have at least nine added features of a car alone, much less its normal photos that you take of the exterior. And you've got to get off these OEM and manufacturer terms of options like moonroof, and I'll explain that here in a minute. So, um, oh, do your virtual lot walk every car listed online. I'm going to go over it. I actually have a hashtag virtual lot walk on Twitter and stuff of you can catch some of the the issues we find out there. I'm going to share you a few of them now feelers of how their cars are presented online, but um, make sure you do it. So Again, have your goodies in the first 10 picks. So Here's an example. They have their thumbnail, the first photo, and then again, open open driver door, steering wheel shot like a walk around. Hey folks, have a seat right here. Look at the steering wheel controls. Look at the big roof. Look at your nav and the rear back of the camera. Show them the second and third row. Put all the goodies at the beginning. It's Internet 101. You want to minimize click-through rates. Everybody understands that on SEM, search engine marketing. When you do a uh, an ad on Google to say hey look at our service specials when somebody clicks on it you don't put them to your home page you actually put them to your service specials so minimize click-through rates. customers are clicking on this car because we did a good description and said it had an and a roof they're gonna click on it and that's what they're gonna see don't make them go through three pages of photos to see that equipment because their computer might lock up or you're not providing them the information they want to see in the first place and again I covered all that in my one marketing Here's an example of why you got to get off of manufacturer terms like moonroof and sunroof. I did, you can do this yourself. Go to cars.com. At the bottom left, you can do search terms because they don't have equipment term equipment narrowed down. You can the customer more likely is probably going to type in sunroof, or you really don't know what they're going to type in. But when I did a search for a sunroof in this particular market, 2,600 cars showed up, or sunroof. Notice that, 2,600, and notice this BMW. (laughs) Now, I go back, now remember this BMW is 116,000. I go back, I take out sunroof, and I put in moonroof. Well now, there's 2,300, 300 less, and it's different cars. See these two BMWs? They're different cars when they show up, sunroof, so this is a different set of cars. If I have moonroof in my descriptions and somebody's searching for a sunroof, I will not show up. I just cost myself a search result. Remember the charts on the SRP and BDP per car? How we got them to shoot up after flat pricing? They also shoot up because I'm maximizing my comments. And what I mean by that is this. Look at This is a comment of a dealership. Look at the first one I circled there. Navigation slash nav slash GPS. I don't care how a customer searches. They might search nav, they might search GPS, they might search navigation. My car is going to show up if they search for any of those three. That car had a panoramic roof. Some guys will just put panoramic roof. How many customers search for panoramic roof? They're probably going to search for sunroof. But I cover all bases, panoramic sunroof slash moonroof. I don't care how they're searching, my car is going to show up. Second row captain's chairs. Okay. You don't know what the customers are going to search for. That's why I circled this star safety system. Maybe that's a big selling point for this customer and they're going to search for cars that have that. You don't know. Get it in your comments to maximize SEO or your know, search engine marketing. Maximize your cars showing up in searches. Okay, so make sure your comments get off the manufacturer's terms of moonroof because more likely they might search sunroof or you put sunroof in them but they might have grown up their whole life with their dad calling the moonroof, so they search moonroofs. Okay? You just don't know. So The next thing, so make sure your comments are right. Again, my other webinar kind of digs deeper in it, but I covered the bases there. Do your virtual lot walk and then touch every car in line. Okay, so we do a physical lot walk and make sure the cars are clean, the deflated balloons are gone, the window stickers are on. We make sure our cars are clean. I'm going to show you some bad examples of online. Now these are used and we find them on new too, but these just happen to be some that stuck out. I thought. Now this guy was wondering why his car was agent on the lot. I went and looked at his car. Total <laughs> line. I has mean, got a mop bucket, twenty thousand dollar car, and you're taking it in the back with mop buckets. You know, that's probably why it's a hundred plus days old, right? Look at this forty thousand dollars, thirty eight thousand dollar Jaguar. Brake pads low. <laughs> Again, this is a used car. You don't have to. But, the same thing, this same person that's taking this picture takes your pictures of your new cars, too. So if they're willing to aim that camera at that picture, at that dash and take that picture, what are they doing with the rest of the cars, right? you got to touch your cars online. Now, this one was the best. Again, this is a used car. And this dealer was trying to be proactive in getting cars photoed online before they're ready, so he, he got it in the service bay. But the funniest part about it is this bumper sticker that said, at least I can still smoke in my car.
0: Oh, oh no! So
1: that's got to be the worst thing, so you can't put your cars out there without knowing what you have. Again, this is used, but this happens on YouTube, not, at least I can still smoke in my car, but again, if somebody's taking a picture like this, what are they doing? So do that virtual lot, lot walk, okay? So,
0: <laughs> Tony just wrote in, Tony just wrote in, he's like, photos are not a task, it's an art form. <laughs> It is. Thanks, to It is.
1: You know what? I had it. Here, hear me out. I had a dealer that uh, he he was wanting to get better photos, so he decided to go to Craigslist, put an ad that he's looking for a photographer. Well, no, he went to Craigslist to find a photographer, and he called the photographer and said, "Hey, I just want you to come in and train my people how to do photos. How much do you charge an hour?" The guy's like sixty bucks an hour. He Said, "Okay, come in for a couple hours, teach my guys." So he gets the guy in, and after a while, he starts talking to the guy. He really liked the guy. And obviously photographers, you know, they probably have nights and weekends, uh, pretty much their days free because they're probably doing nights and weekend gigs like weddings and stuff. And so he asked the guy, you know, if he'd work for him, because you figure it, if you can do, if that, that person at 60 bucks an hour can do four or five photos, that's 15, 10 to 15 bucks a car, which some of the companies out there that do photos for dealers charge about that much. So they, they hired a professional photographer to come do it. Even though 60 bucks an hour seems like a lot of money, when you narrow it down on a per-car basis, that's pretty much what you're paying these third-party sources anyways that probably don't give you a professional photographer. So, I mean, again, that's just some insight there. But uh, you got to get off of these manufacturer terms. Again, I did a whole marketing uh, uh, webinar. Eliana saw them. Get on those. Look at those. Um, it's a deeper dive. And again, people are going to shop new like they do use on these third-party sites. We're spending money there why not maximize? It? Now I don't know if these slides are out of order, but I'm going to go through it anyway. Suggested resources. <laughs>
0: um, go for it, man. I'm
1: wrapping up here. I'm, all right, so I got a I got a weekly uh, show. It's called Lot Party. Now I like that because, again, our company is Lot Pop and Lot Party. If you guys work at a dealership, you know what Lot Party is. At, at, at least we uh, most dealers do. That's where you get all the salespeople and all the porters, and we go hit the lot, and we organize the lot, right? We put the trucks to the back, cars to the front, we take this car, move it over here, and we shuffle around our lot to stir things up. So that's my goal with the show, is a what can we do in a virtual world to stir up our inventory, kind of like what I just talked about here. So every week, every Monday, there's a new episode on All Attainment Network. But I also take those, um, and I upload those to iTunes and things like that, too. So my website, lapop.com, shows links to my quick tips. I try to do two, three-minute quick tips. Um, all the quick tips and my shows go into a podcast or iTunes on either iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're not a, a Apple, read about Polyc Velocity books. He's got three of them out there. Um, same concept on new. I mean, this is a. And now people say, well, it, new's not a depreciating asset. It's going to stay where it is. But those cars age. That news costs you floor plan interest. It also slows down your allocation. So turn that new car inventory, treat it like it's used. Maybe not the same age policy. I'm not going to teach my new cars and do a 60-day policy, but I might do a 90 and 120, and I'm going to adjust those cars to move them. And then I always love that book, Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. That's a good motivation book to get you up and going. It's a good car book because it talks about how Rhinoceros has two-inch thick skin and can you know, withstand torpedoes coming at them. In the car business, you've got to have thick skin. I love that book. It's just a motivational book. Um, so some of the action items, again, I want you to take away from this is take your new car inventory off the set and Forget It strategy. Hopefully I can display I display it to you again. Even if you just forget the market data that I showed you and make an adjustment, if you do rebates, invoice minus rebates, 200 minus rebates, MMSRP minus rebates, whatever you price it out there, structure it in a flat price and maximize the exposure, at least on the bucket that makes sense on these sites that you're advertising on. Again, know what your customers know. If they're an auto trader, they know they can search 22, 24, 26, 28. I'm going to maximize and put my cars there for those searches. Change new car inventory to flat pricing. Review your inventory weekly or at least when incentives change. Again, if I purposely put it at 35 grand and the rebate changed, it might have jumped to 355. Do I lose 500 and drop it another five to hit the 35 grand bucket? Well that's why I'm going to use market data to figure out do I got to get these cars moving. Or I leave it there, and you know I, I miss those searches. And then again, hopefully I, I showed you that some of those photos do your virtual lot walk. Again, I got hashtag virtual lot walk over to Twitter. Find those. There's a bunch of photos like that. Because we go and touch all the dealer's inventory, do the virtual lot walk, and catch pictures like that. So I think that lends us to a wrap up here. Questions? That you
0: I love it. Jason Rice, thank you so much. So we have some great questions from the audience that came in, but you know what, audience? If you didn't get your question in, now's the perfect time to do it. Get those questions and we're going to get it over to the Q&A session in just another minute. I want to remind you, all of you, to check the handouts section of your GoToWebinar interface. There you will see one handout in there, it is today's slide deck. So you'll see that slide deck in there, it's available right now for immediate download. Of course, it will not be there once the webinar concludes, so if you want to download the slide deck, download it right now, alright? And uh, oh, it's that time. If you missed it at the beginning of an, a yeah. webinar, I announced that our good friends over at lot, Pop, they're giving away an awesome prize today on the webinar. One of you lucky webinar attendees is going to win a Kindle Fire HD. Can you say, awesome? All you have to do is answer a simple question about the presentation. So get ready. Get to your keywords, everyone. First one who writes in a correct response to the giveaway question will be walking away with this very cool prize today. Um, Vendors, I am asked to remind you to please sit this one out. This prize is intended for dealership personnel only, but we do love that you come to the dealer on webinars. Thank you so much for being Uh, here. What?
1: Can I throw something in? If you're out of country, (laughs) I might have difficulty shipping that. Last winter was actually a dealer out of country, Netherlands or something. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) Do it. And I had a hard problem (laughs) buying a GoPro and shipping it to them, so I just had to give them the, the money for the difference. So if you're out of country, Right, I just want to put that disclaimer there as the winner because I ran into some issues last time of getting it out there, but anyways, go ahead.
0: Okay, yes, we do have some people from all over the world who come to visit our, our cute little dealer on webinar every week, so um, <laughs> it looks like he, he's cutting you guys out of it, too. All right, but don't worry. Oh, I'm not cutting <laughs> my,
1: I'll take it to win, and I'll, I'll give them the, the cash price, but yeah.
0: i right. just teasing you, Jason Rice. All, all right. right, audience, here you go. Good luck, everyone. I think this is a pretty good question, so I hope you guys are paying attention. All right? According to a 2014 study by J.D. Power, what percentage of automotive Internet shoppers visit a third-party site? Damn. Wow, very first person wrote it in early and got it correct. Holy moly, Josh Cole. I don't know who you are, where you're from yet, but you know what? <laughs> you rock. Eighty percent was the correct answer. Congratulations to Josh Cole. Where are you from, my friend? Write on in. Let me know. Also, when you get a chance, send in your mailing address. Ah, here we go. Josh Cole is from Hubner Chevrolet Subaru in Ohio. Well, congratulations, Josh Cole. You are today's hey. winner. What? And and
1: I did the Kindle Fire. I have one myself, and I'm big on. I got audi, Audible, which is through them, and I listen to books. And you, I mean, I think it's a great resource. You can get books to buy, you know, and, and and educate yourself and make yourself a better salesperson. You can do Audibles. You can do videos. I just thought it was a good package. I mean, you could do a lot of things with this to help yourself. So. Congratulations. I hope you enjoy it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Josh, send in your uh, mailing address so we can get that Kindle Fire HD out to you. Of course, it's going to come directly from our friends over at Lot Pop. Thank you, audience. Thank you, everyone, for playing along today. And congratulations to today's winner, Josh Cole. Of course, we've got to thank our good friends over at Lot Pop for their incredible generosity. And don't worry, no, know you didn't win the Kindle Fire HD, but guess what? We have a surprise for you. That's right. The first 15 dealerships who email Jason at jrice at lotpop.com will get a free new car inventory review. Jason's going to check out your pricing, your photos, your descriptions, and he's going to give you his honest feedback and suggestions on how you can improve your new car operations for more sales and better ROI. So hop to it. Get your email out right now. jrice at lotpop.com. The first 15 dealerships who email him are going to get that free new car inventory review. So, good luck. All right, Jason, are you ready? Yes. For the difficult questions?
1: Yes, I, am. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm going to flip on the camera now, too. Excellent. Right, I
0: love it, love it, love it. All right, Dustin, better luck next time. I know you didn't win today, but it's okay, because you know what? We give away cool prizes every week, so come on back to another Dealer On webinar and try your luck to win, okay? All right, let's see. Let me scroll up here for our very first question. Okay, Mike. Mike was our first question of the day, and he says, How do you deal with the fact that Honda and Toyota will not let you advertise below invoice? Jason, what's your best advice for Mike and others like him?
1: Uh, I got several dealers that do this, and it's I mean, it's the same thing. You know if I have invoice minus rebate, and it puts me at twenty one eight seventy nine, i might I'm gonna round that price up to twenty two thousand and let that price ride. Um, even if I can't round down, and I've seen cars that just irk me like fifty thousand and forty one dollars, and we're at invoice minus rebate. We can't do nothing of that forty one dollars. But what we do do, you know, is again, look at that market trends and those market data, you know, take cars and, and price, we're not, some dealer, and again, depending on your inventory, depending on trim levels and stuff, you're not an invoice minus rebate out the gate, so, you know, you might start two or three percent below MSRP, watch the market, watch how that does it, round that down, and if I can round that, car, that price down um, to a round number, I'm going to do that watch the market, watch your price. I probably change prices. I'll look at them every two weeks, but probably about every 30 days, or as the incentives change. So again, if I price it now and two weeks later, the incentives change, I'm gonna relook at those numbers, and I'm gonna, and here, this is what we do, and you can do this yourself. Take your inventory, dump it in an Excel spreadsheet, and put a formula into your price, and we, again, we know the buckets, so I have a formula in those prices, that highlighted in if it's within, you know, five hundred dollars, let's say, of a fifty grand, forty-five grand, forty grand, thirty, you know, all those buckets. So you can take that inventory, dump it in Excel if you're any good at Excel or ask somebody that is, and just put in a formula on your pricing and you can highlight cars that are within a couple hundred dollars of, of that round and then figure out if that's something you can adjust. But that's how we do it. Again, not every car's at invoice minus rebate. We we will price them down as they age, but we're also looking at market data. We might price at invoice minus rebate out the gate, depending on if it's a slow-moving, bad color, bad equipment type car. Right. And then we just ride it out. Oh, the other thing is um, the other thing to do on that is spotlight them. You know, the car I don't uh, when we like a Toyota store. Um, if I have a car at 22 grand, it's already getting good exposure because that's a bucket. But that car that is at $22,179 and I cannot drop it any longer, lower, I do take advantage of those spotlights. Or if I do have a car that the dealer is already losing 500 bucks on and we're within $500 of a bucket or we just can't hit a bucket to get that exposure, instead of dropping 500 to hit a bucket because we're already losing money, we would um, go ahead and maybe spotlight. It's cheaper to spotlight that car for 20 bucks or so than it is to drop at 500. So we'll take advantage of spotlights, cars that aren't rounded down to those numbers that get exposure, at least on AutoTrader.
0: Thank I'm you sorry, so much. Now no, you're doing good. No. Mike, if you have a follow-up question, we'd love to hear from you, so right back on in. Okay, we have a lot of questions, so for all of you, and I know there's a lot Let's of you go. still holding on, please stay tuned. We're gonna get through all your questions. Okay, next one, Jason, comes to you from Bruce. Mm-hmm. Bruce says, We use HomeNet to price our new and used cars, and we have 600-plus vehicles in inventory. How can we automate flat pricing? We don't have the time to price each vehicle every month.
1: Sure. Yeah, and again, that's where I would um, take an Excel spreadsheet or Google Docs that has the kind of Excel layout. Find a way to export that. I know HomeNet probably allows you to export it to an Excel spreadsheet. Find that sale price. Put a formula in there know the buckets and I have it in the presentation thousand dollar increments up to ten grand and then two grand increments after that or you know um, our customers can type in anything on auto or cars.com but auto trader it's thousand dollars to twenty grand and then twenty two twenty four twenty six twenty eight so worst case even if you don't put a formula in there know those buckets and sort your inventory by price and then look for even at high okay again Anything most new cars are thirty grand and higher, a lot of them, other than some of the cheaper stuff, but anything um thirty and higher, look for thirty, thirty-five, forty, forty-five, fifty, fifty-five. Look for cars if you sort them high to low, look for cars that are within a few hundred bucks of, of those buckets and make the decision if you want to move it those few hundred bucks. And then no after thirty grand, it's two grand buckets, so look for twenty eight, twenty six, twenty four, twenty two and say, oh man, here's one at twenty two three seventy two. A little high, these aren't moving, let's drop the three hundred bucks and hit the twenty two. So just go sort it high to low and just go through the inventory knowing the buckets and make those adjustments, whatever that difference is. Gotcha. You can put a formula in there too to highlight it if you if you know how so to do it. So there's
0: really no way to automate it is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> no. And that's what I'm saying. You gotta get off the it's more work. But in today's market, this is how you get an advantage. Every dealer is doing a set and it, forget. it Everybody can do that. You want to maximize your ROI. You're spending five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty grand on AutoTraderCars.com. You want to maximize those dollars and take advantage of how people are shopping. Up
0: there. I, I hear so you. It takes a little of the time. All right, Bruce. Thank you for the great question. Okay, next so question. It. Yeah, next question comes to you from Tony. He says, "Jason, oh, this is a good question. I like this one. Jason, should sales management be responsi- be responsible for pricing?" Or is it a function of marketing because it's more data minded? This one's from Tony. Who should be well, doing this pricing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times it's pushed off to marketing because the manager's busy depending on the store and their, their help and their staff. Mm-hmm. Also it depends on how involved the marketing person is. If the marketing person's involved with desk and deals and knows what's moving and what's not moving, then maybe they can get away with it. But more than likely the manager at the store one's getting the reports from OEMs and can kind of see what what's coming in as their allocation's coming in they can maybe see what the market's selling and stuff and know what they've been selling on a daily basis to go you know what we we do need to take this car and hit it because we're not selling them or the market slowed down I don't know if that marketing person knows that much detail if they are that involved if they're at the tower or, or, their, or your sales desk or that sales area and they're involved with that kind of stuff, then yeah, but if it's a marketing person that really is not involved with the daily sales, I don't think you want to put it to them.
0: Right, right.
1: And today's manager should be a marketing manager. And that's one thing I brought up in a merchandising webinar is we're not used car managers or an inventory managers, we should be marketing people. And that's why I did a lot of research on marketing. I, you know, I, I looked at pricing strategies. I looked at, I mean, shoot, I bought a, a book or how to advertise in the yellow pages? That's you know 15, 20 years old because that same concept, that same marketing concepts applied today, uh, but just in a different format. It's not in the yellow pages anymore. It's in the Google and stuff. So, but the same strategies exist. So we got to be marketing people and not just desk managers or
0: sales managers. <laughs> well, Tony wrote back in, and he says, it's just data. It's no love affair. <laughs> um, Tony also had a follow-up question. He says, this process seems very time-intensive and requires undivided attention. We've begun doing true videos on new car sales with a tool from autosonvideo.com.
1: Perfect know the guys good guys yeah. yeah
0: so I guess he was wondering if that was a good use of of his time
1: it is I mean it's good for marketing especially building up your YouTube Express and exposure to put on Facebook and Twitter and to send to customers it's great because no one else might be doing it so you get that edge in the market but when it comes to a customer shopping online and going to Auto Trader and saying I want a truck but I want to spend 35 to 40 grand and we're missing them because of that $50 difference You still got to put that focus. And again, I'm no dummy. I mean, that's again why we do what we do at our company. Sorry to say it, but that's why we, because I know it's time consuming, but this is stuff that I think needs to be done. You could see the data's there. You just got to spend the And again, that's why we do what we do. Because I know most stores don't, you know, they got to hire an assistant or spend more time behind the computer. I think the manager's time's better spent dealing deals and training their sales staff and working the service lane and greeting customers than sitting behind a computer doing this data. So you either get an assistant or somebody, a marketing person that's pulling this data, but hand that over to a manager. Or maybe let a marketing person if you're comfortable doing it, fine. Um, but, again, that's why we do what we do because we know that that is what's lacking. It's just the time and the expertise to look at that data and understand really what, what you're looking at and how to decipher it to make more sales.
0: Uh, I mean, I have a question for you. How often do you make those price adjustments? You just do it the one time and stick it in the right bucket? Well,
1: no. I mean, for example, we do a weekly call with our dealers, so we're price, we're going over the inventory every every week. But we're not touching every car every week. We're going to be looking at again sorting them by last price change. Right. I'm going to take a car if I haven't touched it in a month and no one's looking at it, and I can maybe hit a bucket or at least drop it to notify a price reduction on Auto at 2.5. You got to drop it by 2.5 to say reduced on Auto. So I'm going to unused. I'm, I'm going to probably make an adjustment every. 30 days because I'm more of a 90 120 age policy so I price at day one I do a price at 30 60 90 mm-hmm. maybe 120 and hopefully it's gone but if I see market trends like I showed you like on that Sierra where our sales went down and the market's building up even though we did prices last week last week's data wasn't what it's showing me this week and it's gotten worse I'm probably going to reattack those Sierras and figure out if I don't want to drop them anymore because I'm already cheap and I'm already maybe hitting buckets or, you know, we're already losing money, well, then I'm going to maybe spotlight, let's spend some money, get some spotlights going, I need to get more exposure on mine, because everybody else, there's too many of them out there, no one's selling them, I'm going to get mine out,
0: before. Right. so, um, but without, without you know, you that, to, if it's just, if you're just riding it, you know,
1: mm-hmm. without
0: that dip in sales, then for for used cars you said every thirty days, but for new cars you would do it every thirty days as well. No, no.
1: I, I, no. On used I'm doing it every two weeks, but on new oh. every thirty days. Gotcha. About. But if I just did price changes on the twenty second, and then the month ends on the twenty eighth or the thirtieth, it's only been ten days, but the incentives changed. I got to reevaluate everything I just did a week and a half ago, and again the rebate might have dropped 250, went up 500. It might have took my price from 35, to 35 to 35.5 or 35 to 34.5 because the rebates. Every time the rebates change, right? I'm going to reevaluate those price points and go, oh, the rebate went up. Now I can hit the 24 grand bucket. Let's move it now. You know, and so um, every time incentives change, and then I'm be looking at them every week. but will probably change it every 30 days or so.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you so much for answering my question. Yeah. Okay. Next, next question comes to you from our winner today, Josh. All right. Uh, he says, mm-hmm. where do you pull this data out of Conquest into Excel? We have Conquest, okay. but I want to know more specifically where I can pull out the market stock and market sold. Okay. I know our in-stock and our dealer days supply and our days in inventory.
1: Uh, on the I, I want to say the home page again depends on your access if you just have pricing access or photo access you might not have it but when you go to home homepage they have how many cars are missing descriptions and off, off, off rebates then they have your turn and then below that they have um, you know 2016 Ford F150 how many in the market how many sold dealer day supply market market sold those are the data points now we, here, we grab that data point every week for the dealers to make those trends out. So if they at the home page of Conquest at the bottom, you got to have every model, and then you grab that data, and then you can trend it out to a graph. But it's there. The data's there if you're using
0: Conquest. Ah, okay.
1: Again, it's just time-consuming, and you just take time to do it and then know how to analyze it once you see it
0: gotcha. All right, Josh, I hope that answers your question. Of course, we're always here if you have a follow-up. Okay, just uh last few questions for you, Jason, and then we'll button up the show. Yep. This one comes in yep. from Trey. He says, "What are your thoughts of advertising? Everyone qualifies rebates plus conditional rebates?" <laughs>
1: um I'm not I'm not a big fan of the throw everything into the price um, I know dealers out there doing that and they, you know, are stealing market share just by getting customers in the door. I think you could do that to drive the shoppers, but when they're ready to buy, I think they might get uncomfortable once they get there. And again, if I'm the dealer that did a price, you know, if it's a rebate that high percentage are gonna qualify for, like maybe a conquest. Hey, if you have a GM product in your driveway, you know, maybe I do something like that, but if it's the military and stuff like that, I'm not going to throw those things in there because not everybody's going to qualify. Um, and I do think the dealers that do that, yeah, they'll drive traffic, no doubt about it. And the problem is once the customer gets there and they go, oh, well, you don't get this, and you don't get this, and you don't get this, and your price is actually two grand higher, they're going to go, well, now i got to think about it. And if they submitted leads or to both of us and I'm standing out, I, I, I gave them, and they go, wow, that's actually higher than that other guy are about the same as that other guy, and the other guy had the color I wanted, so I'm gonna think about it, and maybe they come to us. So, I'm, I'm always the mindset of, my price on the internet is what, I, is what I have on the lot, what I have on the lot, what I have on the newspaper, I, I'm being consistent, and I'm not gonna, I might have ad leaders, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna have that Altima I started in eighteen nine or whatever, and then drive traffic on that one or two ad leader, but I'm not going to, and that's just me taking a $1,000 hit off of back and stuff, to get that out of there. I'm not dumping a bunch of false rebates onto that. Um, but everybody has their own success stories.
0: Gotcha. Trey, thank you for the great question. And Tony, who's had me laughing this entire broadcast with his funny <laughs> remarks, he says, integrity, it tastes good. So thank you for that, Tony. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Last couple of questions. Uh, Gene wrote in, how do you price when your competitor is pricing net net minus all available rebates?
1: I got a dealer doing that, or dealing with that right now, a GM store, um, in the St. Louis market, and it's tough. The dealer's small enough that he don't, he can't afford to do that when the other dealer's big enough. Um, again, I think you go back to, uh, I forgot who mentioned it, about doing their videos and, and things like, do the things that the other dealer's not doing. Um, do your social, do your videos, do the personal videos on cars. Maybe even my customers know. Hey, you might get a quote from uh, some of our competitors, but watch it because of this, this, and this, and your follow-up. Maybe even on the phone. Um, we had to deal with that in my St. Louis market. Um, uh, the ad, we, you know, let's just say we were selling i I'll use a easy $50,000 Denali at invoice minus rebate. Well, the state next to us, because of ad ad dollars, we, we paid two percent in our advertisement. They only paid one percent or no percent. So that person could, in, in that other state, could sell at invoice minus rebate too. But their invoice was um, uh, you know two percent less or thousand dollars less. So their price was a thousand dollars less than mine. Um, and the only thing I could do on that is just explain to the customer so that they would match my price. Okay. They wouldn't do invoice minus rebate, but they would match my price. The problem was I would tell the dealers, I said, you know, it depends on or the customer. It depends on what you consider a good deal. Um, you know, a good deal is that you just don't want to get taken advantage of and pay too much, or is it that, and I said, you know, at my price, this is actual invoice, this is this, this. That hap- dealer happens to be making some money on that car. So uh, it depends on, you know, how you handle it. With, if you can actually talk to the customer, I, I, I'd probably give them the heads up they probably are still gonna try that other dealer, but I know then once they try it and I'm right, they'll hopefully if I try them right, right will come back. Yeah. As far as just merchandising it goes, I mean then do the stuff that they're not doing, the videos and the social and just and stand out in the market that way. And integrity. Put all that stuff out there, you know? Be personal on your social. Be, you know, the picture of the service guys. Five-year anniversary at the store. Take pictures of the dog. Take pictures of people buying cars. Take pictures of the donuts in the service area. You know, just be personal with that marketing that they're not doing because they're probably putting all these ad car ads in their socials. So stand out that way. You know, videos and things like that. If you're not going to compete, either compete and step up or or stand out up or stand up. Hey, that's a good question.
0: Oh, write that yeah. one down, Jason. Jean, thank you there so much go. for the great question. I hope Jason was able to help you out. Best of luck, my friend. Alright, last question comes in from Scott. He says, <laughs> do you need a space between sunroof slash moonroof? Will that actually appear no. under both sunroof and moonroof, or will it appear by itself mm-hmm. as having a single item called sunroof moonroof?
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't need a space in there. And, um, I don't know how many dealers actually do Craigslist, but it's real important on Craigslist. Um, go to Craigslist. It's funny if you're advertising on Craigslist. Go to car. Go search for cars. Type in four x four, and then type in four space x space four, and then type in four wd, and then type in four wheel drive spelled out. You know, the number four. I mean, you're going to get all different sets of cars. So if you're on 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 Craigslist, you got to do those spaces. It's weird, like four space WD, four WD, four X, four four. What is AutoTraderCars.com? We didn't find it to make any difference at all. It's just scraping the data and it's looking for that term, and so it don't matter. If that term's in there, you're good. Now AutoTrader's done a better job over the years to include sunroofs and moonroofs and together searches. Cars.com still hasn't figured that out yet, I don't think. Um, but again, your cars just don't show up on those two sites. They show up on hundreds of it. You might end up on AOL Motors. Don't even know it because you use HomeNet and HomeNet for free sends it out to 20 different sites for you and you don't know how those sites customers can search. So I would just play it safe, put everything in there and, and, and do it the way. You know. Uh, how they could search because gotcha. auto trader does a good job moving and concern shows up cars.com don't this other site may or may not
0: gotcha gotcha um, last thank you Chris great question last comment comes in from David he says Rhino success favorite book and he put it in big That's capital letters thing. with lots of exclamation marks so you must be doing something right Jason Jason Thank right. you. You always put a smile on my face. You come here with your eye-opening knowledge bombs from my peoples, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. You did another amazing presentation on a Dealer On webinar. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to shut my camera up. All you right, you time. do that.
0: I'm going to button up this webinar right now. i got to remind the audience a link to download a copy of this webinar recording is going to be emailed to you later today for your reference. Please feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. Today's webinar is also going to be posted online within 24 hours. All you have to do is go to dealeron.com slash webinar to view our upcoming webinar schedule or access any of our past webinars. Hey, Yeah, this webinar is going to conclude in just a minute. There you go, right there, Jason.
1: There
0: you go. (laughs) You're, You're going to get a short survey. We want you to fill it out. We're always looking for great feedback from our audience. We want to hear your opinion about today's show and the Dealer On Webinar series in general. It's six short questions. We certainly do appreciate it if you take part in that survey. And invitations will be going out tomorrow for our next Dealer On Webinar.